In the past, there have been many traditional ways to celebrate Christmas. With songs, with gifts, with family and friends. There's a new way. Ho, 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 Bert. With Ernest. <laughs> Ernest P. Warrell. He's back. Know what I mean? Back to save Santa. Santa's in the slammer. Look at those beady, twinkling eyes. Back to save Christmas. <laughs> back to save face. You're dead meat. That's life for you. Isn't she a doll? Ernest <laughs> T. Worrell. Mr. Funtime. In the mission they said couldn't be done. On Comet. On Cupid. On Donder. In the movie they said shouldn't be done. Sophie, Grumpy. You guys say you have a problem with reindeer? Trim the tree, light the candles, deck the hall, and hit the deck. Cause Ernest P. Oral's coming to town. And he's coming with colorful cars and festively wrapped packages. Air brakes. <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network. And to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damien. We're also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. How's it going, everybody? Hello. I, uh... Just had my first incident, which you've had these, Ant, where you reviewed a movie many years ago, but did not remember one moment from it as you rewatched it again. I had done the movie we're doing for an old segment I used to do for the main Damien about four years ago, and I didn't remember any moments of this movie at all. (laughs) All right. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely weird when that happens. Uh, (laughs) I wrote this entire 500, 600 word review. Don't remember it at all. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Left a lasting impression, huh? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me with Blood Rage, where I watched it two consecutive 31 days of horror <laughs> because I completely <laughs> forgot about it the, first, the year before. But now it's showing up everywhere. Yeah. Blood Rage, all of a sudden. We, we review it on the podcast, and now <laughs> all of a sudden it's just coming out of the woodwork. I told a coworker how we seem to have a, a penchant for bringing old movies to new heights or yeah. uh, like kind of bringing them back from the dead. How we did uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was one of them. Yeah. We did that, and then a week later, they announced that they were going to be reviving it as a cartoon. So I was like, that's yeah, right. you know, that's just how we do. Yeah, and we yeah. killed that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was, like, early on in our podcast. Yeah. Who was it? Oh, what's his name? I, I could see his face, but I can't think of his name, and I can't remember what movie it was. Was it from the clown movie? Funland? Yeah. No, he just he just passed away though. Oh, okay. Squiggy, he just Squiggy. died. Yes, yeah. that's what he it was. He just passed okay. away. No, ah, oh, I can't think of his name. I can't. Uh, I could see his face, but we had we had we had recorded an episode on Tuesday, 
the episode aired on Thursday, and he had died on Wednesday. In between on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, it's we we have we it's like we have a seeing stone or something it's it's crazy yeah. it's the it's the reason we got picked up by speaker yeah. yeah yeah so instead of doing our usual what did we watch this week dan has a segment he wants to go through so dan why don't you kind of prep us for this what do we got i was thinking to myself because i i've just really been watching the classic christmas movies home alone stuff like that so after watching Ernest Saves Christmas, our movie this week, I figured I, wa- I was like, you know what? This guy who plays Santa, he's a pretty good Santa, but is he the best Santa? So I wanted to get your take. I'm going to give you a little list, and I want both of your guys' take on who you think is the best Santa. All right? Okay. All right, so we have from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Stan Francis. Then we have Douglas Seal from Ernest Saves Christmas. Then Tim Allen from the santa claus i only count the first santa claus the other two i've never seen and they don't exist to me it's just the first santa claus yeah i agree uh, ed asner yeah. from elf and i'm going to go with richard attenborough from okay. miracle on 34th street i'm gonna go with richard attenborough okay yeah, yeah that's the original right no, uh, no, no that's, that's from the 94 the 94 the remake uh, mara wilson yes. yeah of those yes i would choose the same but I was trying to think of all time, and I really like the guy from the from the black and white miracle on 34th Street okay. as a traditional Santa in disguise or whatever it's supposed to be in that movie. I like Miracle on 34th Street. That's obviously a classic. I kind of like Douglas Seal out of those people. He's pretty good. He's yeah. he is. He's like a very sweet man. Yeah. And he gets it. I was kind of leaning between him and Tim Allen, but Douglas Seal didn't have any like drug issues as far as we know so, and, and, he's, and he's not a dirty rat and he's not so. a snitch yeah <laughs> snitch dirty snitch yeah he's not a snitch no right i mean maybe he was at one point but i don't like my santa's snitching so but in and with with tim allen santa claus he's kind of a douchebag yeah so it takes him a long time to really get into the christmas spirit with douglas seal's character it's like everywhere he goes he he brings that christmas cheer and like that inner child out of people you know he's very trusting he's very he's got the soft eyes he's just a good looking santa i thought so out of all of those guys they're all strong santa claus is santa claus is is that the the correct pronunciation it might just be santa claus yeah yeah right there's that's the plural out of all of them i think he's my favorite okay he's right in there with the two miracle on 34th streets they're all the same type of santa exactly yeah they're they're very kind and like stan francis his santa he's a dick too yeah he's a right? huge asshole yeah he, he he like talks down to his wife he makes fun of rudolph he's an opportunist mm-hmm. when he yeah. sees rudolph can help him like oh you know this is great now you could be my lead reindeer yeah so that's that's not good edward asner wasn't a bad santa either i just don't think he had a lot of screen time yeah and what was good with him, he followed ACAB. Yep. Because he put the Central Park Rangers on the naughty list, and he never yep, took yes. them off. <laughs> so he knew. He was just like, yeah, I mean, those they're bastards. So that's why they're always hunting Santa. Yeah. By the way, it was Billy Drago. The episode was Invasion USA. Yeah. When when was that? June twenty seventh, 2019. Okay. So a year and a half ago. A year and a half. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Might as well have been a decade. 
<laughs> at this point, yeah. Well, you mentioned something about Tim Allen as Santa Claus taking forever to like fully embrace the Santa Claus. And that's sort of the thing I, I had posted something earlier in the week about like if I found myself in a situation similar to like the family man or groundhog day like all these movies especially like with like christmas every day takes that kid a solid like two days to fully figure out what kind of situation he's in i'd be like that morning like oh i get it it's groundhog day yeah i got this (laughs) with santa claus same thing too it's like all right i get it i'm santa claus i got this we yeah. figure this shit out. I don't know how many. I don't know how many signs he needs. He gains like 50 pounds in a week. He gets the big beard, and he's he starts to be able to say like, oh, you know, he's naughty. He's nice. She's nice. So, and he's still kind of he he's still skeptical until Charlie throws him the the snow globe, yep. and that's when he's like, oh, I am Santa. Are you fucking kidding me, man? <laughs> All the Did other signs were there. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, you you want milk and cookies and you know all this stuff you're getting lists come on man it's it's literally bashing you in the face yeah <laughs> and, and you still the, don't believe it there's always a logical paradox in movies where santa is real right yeah because none of the adults ever believe in santa claus even though santa claus is doing something in this universe santa is accomplishing what he is supposed to be setting out so every year there are toys going unaccounted for that these parents are finding under the tree that these kids are opening on Christmas Day. Right, they just <laughs> take it. Do they take credit for it, I guess? Right. They must explain it away, right? It's like, I oh, guess, but I then must why don't just, they believe? I must, I must have bought it and forgot about it, right? What? No. No one forgets to, about buying a bicycle. Right. right. In movies like Miracle on 34th Street and The Santa Claus and any movie where by the end of it, there's no question about it. Santa Claus is real in this universe. People that deny Santa is like people that deny you know, the Holocaust or, <laughs> it's or climate change. Right. Even I think in Elf, Edward Asner's Santa Claus kind of explains how the parents that don't believe in Santa Claus, like they do get their kids gifts, I guess. I, I don't know how it works that way, though. So like Santa totally skips those kids. I don't know. I, mean, yeah. I guess it would make his uh, his day quicker. Yeah. Oh, and then in The Nightmare on Elm Street. They do believe in Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus is well known because there's a scene where after Jack rescues Santa, the like the news reporter is saying like Santa's working around the clock to to fix Christmas. So they like they know Santa's real. Mm-hmm. So I I do wish you would get that in more movies, but almost every Christmas movie has to deal with the lack of Christmas spirit. Like, right. A character doesn't have it, or a t- a lot of characters don't have it. So. That's, I guess that's the paradox. Yeah. For a second there, I was either zoning out or could have sworn you said Nightmare on Elm Street and not Nightmare Before Christmas. I thought did so I, too. Did I say Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> I meant Nightmare did. Before Christmas. I apologize. And and that's one, I, I didn't include that like on the list because they had like Billy Bob Thornton's Bad Santa, which that's not a Santa. Uh, Jack Skellington. Who else did they have? Oh, the Santa Claus from Santa versus the Martians. <laughs> Oh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians. I, yeah. I mean, that's not real portrayals of Santa Claus. I don't know why they're on there. Right. Who played Santa Claus in Santa Claus the movie, the one with Dudley Moore? Is that like Dan Haggerty or something? Uh, a really bad 80s movie. David Huddleston. David Huddleston. I hated that movie. Yeah. That movie was so boring. Even for a kid, when I saw that, I was like, this movie is terrible. 
I don't know what it is about it. I just, I guess it's just too literal. I don't think anybody has any uh, good feelings for that movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very drab, yeah. if I remember. I don't know. But, I mean, he's a fine-looking Santa Claus, but it's just that movie was not a good movie. Yeah. I remember, I remember, I think we had it, like, on VHS. Or either, like, bought or taped off of television. Probably, like, on WPIX. <laughs> you guys are taping without permission, I see. I know. <laughs> You have to call the FBI. Speaking of that movie, was budgeted at fifty million dollars and it only took home what? twenty-three. That was a fifty million dollar movie in nineteen eighty-five. Nineteen eighty-five. That's nineteen eighty-five money. That's like what is that? That's got to be like close to a hundred million dollars. Oh, I would, so, I would think someone's so. got to pay for Burgess Meredith. <laughs> Man, that, and Dudley Moore's drinking habits. I went up somebody's nose. <laughs> Ron Silver, a producer on this, probably. Weird. <laughs> John Lithgow's in it. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big, you know, I guess it has a lot of uh, big names in it. Yeah. But, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that movie was so bad. I remember the the way they portrayed the North Pole, like Santa's workshop. It looked like it not a fun place to be. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. It's just like, none of this looked fun. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the 80s sardonic sort of look yes. at Christmas. Just, it's all very, it's very 80s. Yeah. You know, I was surprised to find out that Ernest Saves Christmas is an 80s movie. I thought it was 90. It is 1988. 1988. Oh. That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah, on uh, IMDb. I mean, Harmony, she dresses like a 90s chick. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, you know, yeah, she's she's rocking the, the 90s gear. But yeah, 1988. There's so many Santa Claus, Santa Claus out there. But there's really not a whole lot of that like stick out, I think, as upper echelon Santas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the big show as Santa? Jingle all the way? <laughs> Gonna deck your holes, bub. <laughs> what about Santa with muscles? Santa with muscles? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight? Santa with muscles or uh, the big show Santa? Oh, man. Well, Hogan never loses. Right. Yeah. Hogan's got a pose. That's right. how that stands. <laughs> Does he body slam? Big Show Santa. He kicks out at two and a half. <laughs> and yeah, he shakes his head and everything Big Show does doesn't hurt him. And then he sings uh, Angel Baby to him. <laughs> and then just uh, the Big Show just blows up. <laughs> and that's it. The fairies come and help them or whatever the plot point of that movie was. Crystals, right? Crystals, the crystals yeah. come and help them, I, I think. <laughs> uh, Billy Bob Thornton as Santa Claus, uh, a mall Santa. I like Bad Santa. I thought that was a funny movie, but mm-hmm. to have him on a list of Santas, yeah. I feel like that's really just poor writing. Yeah, it's pushing it definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean everyone else is an actual in that realm a Santa Claus. Yeah, he's not a Santa. He's the only one who's not a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. It's like saying Artie Lang from right from Elf. From Elf. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would be interested to see, hear any of our listeners take on who their favorite Santa is. Because, I, you know, I left out some some Santa Claus on this on this list just to kind of narrow it down. But, yeah, I would love to hear who some people like as Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get into this week's movie. But before we do, we're going to take an ad break and then we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to talk about this week's movie. And this week was a Twitter poll because we are, this is, when this comes out, this will be Christmas Eve. So we put on Twitter a few movies that we uh, decided that would be good movies to watch for our Christmas Eve episode. And this one won. So the ones that lost were Black Christmas from 2019, 
Kirk Cameron's Surviving Christmas or Saving Christmas. Saving Kirk Christmas. Cameron's Saving Christmas. Surviving Christmas is the is the Batfleck movie. So Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas and what was the third one? Last Christmas with Amelia Clark and yeah. the handsome guy from Crazy Rich Asians. But the one that won is none other than 1988's Ernest Saves Christmas. So gentlemen, where are you coming from with Ernest Saves Christmas? I've seen this movie a few times, not as much as How the Grinch Stole Christmas and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. <laughs> Surprisingly, because you would think after all these Christmases, like this would become a, uh, a staple. But I, I usually overlook this one when it comes to watching the Christmas, I guess, rundown. Yeah, but, it doesn't uh, help that it's on no streaming services. We actually watch this on YouTube. Yeah, that, that's true. It's I actually I watch this on my boss's voodoo account. Oh. <laughs> so helping out. I saw this movie when I was really young. I liked it. I always liked Ernest. I think he's a very cute character. Ernest is built for the holiday movies because sure. he's a child. Yeah. And I don't think it's better exemplified than in Saves Christmas and Scared Stupid. It's especially with Saves Christmas because he immediately buys into the fact that Santa is real, where everyone else is obviously skeptical. Right. But I like this movie. I, I like Jim Varney. I like Ernest. Again, I, I said Douglas Eel Santa is one of my favorites. I think this movie is just the right amount of slapstick and Christmas cheer. Okay, what about you, Mark? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I reviewed this when I was trying to do the uh, 25 Days of Christmas to sort of do the same thing as Ants 31 Days of Horror back in 2016. Didn't remember watching it then, but the main things take away from this is and looking back, I had basically the same opinion then. Is this a movie that you can just have on the TV while you have guests around and something when you don't feel like watching a Christmas story for the 15th time on Christmas? And it would be fine. It's it's, it's not offensive in that way. Nobody's going to be upset that they can't hear it or anything like that. So it's a perfect movie like that. But I agree 100% with Dan in terms of Ernest is definitely a place in time. And also a place and time in your life in terms of when you would get the humor or like it. The scenes I really enjoyed in this were involving Santa and the person he was going to replace him. Those scenes were pretty good. Those were my favorites. But it's a very non-offensive Christmas movie. Not terrible. Not great. I had given it four years ago a 5.5 out of 10. So very middle of the road sort of movie. I, I agree with Dan. The uh, Scared Stupid was the one I've seen the most and probably the one I remember the most from. Yeah, I haven't seen this in like 25 years or so. I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Wow. But it's fine. It's, you know, it's an Ernest movie. It's one of the better Ernest movies we've covered. Yeah. We've covered Ernest Goes to School, and this is far superior to that. I mean, there there is a ranking of Ernest movies, as, as baffling as that may sound, but it's true. There are good Ernest movies, and there are, are bad ones. This is one of the ones that you would consider one of the good ones. I think it's this one, Scared Stupid, and probably Camp are probably like the top three. Maybe throw Jail in there if you want to say that there's a Mount Rushmore of Ernest movies. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I've seen Jail. I've never seen Camp. Camp's pretty good. J jail is the one with the evil Ernest. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've seen that. We love movies where actors play dual roles on this podcast. We definitely have to do an Ernest trifecta on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that was creepy in this movie was the scene when they do the, the role playing in the jail to get Santa out. Oh, um, yeah. That didn't age well at all and no. looks terrible now. That's a tough scene to watch, yeah. Yeah, where she's 
at the same time they sexualize her and infantilize her at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. It is like, what is going on here? <laughs> the, the one thing I've always had issues with the Ernest movies are the uh, extreme close-ups of Ernest. Sure. When yeah. he's doing the different Vernancy. characters. Oh, yeah. okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's... It's very jarring. <laughs> At the same time, you can see he's having fun with those get-ups. Yeah. And sometimes they last too long. Sure. Like the Snake Wrangler. Mm-hmm. That scene goes on a little too long. Because that, that character, you can't understand a goddamn word he's saying. It's probably like a two, three-minute bit. Probably yeah. could have been left to like a minute, minute and a half. Yeah. I think they were kind of feeling themselves on that one. Like, oh yeah, this is good <laughs> stuff. Keep rolling. He's fun to watch when he's... When he's doing his characters. Sure. He doesn't do too many in this one. I think he does the mayor's aide. Yep. He does the snake wrangler. Yeah. And he does the old lady, right? Yep. Yeah. At times, I don't know if this is a a good sign or bad sign for Jim Varney, but sometimes the characters are more engaging, at least to me, the viewer, than when he's earnest. Mm -hmm. I'm more in for that. Whether I laugh or not is a coin flip with Ernest it's sort of maybe it's it's how long ago it's been and the fact that I'm in my mid-30s but the shtick gets old really quickly in the course of the movie and the only time I get interested outside of the characters is when he does something not Ernest like and has like a, a great glimpse of not being that wacky character yeah I thought the most fun one was the old lady one I thought he had some some good pretty good lines <laughs> what is it uh I have two sons, and wouldn't you know it, the good one dies. (laughs) That was pretty funny. So, Ernest Saves Christmas from 1988, directed by John R. Cherry III, who directed eight feature-length Ernest movies, including Goes to Camp, Goes to Jail, Goes to Africa, Scared Stupid, Rides Again, Slam Dunk Ernest, and Ernest in the Army. Stars Jim Varney, Douglas Seal, Oliver Clark, Noel Parker, Aylard Sartain, Billy Bird, Robert Lesser, and Bill Burge. We got a IMDb score of 5.7 and a Rotten Tomato score of 36%. Budget, $6 million. Box office, 28.2. This was a hit. I believe from an old episode, I believe this is the highest grossing Ernest movie. I think this is probably the most well put together Ernest movie. Even for $6 million, it has some pretty... It looks like an actual movie where the other Ernest movies are more... You could tell they're lower budget. Yeah. I yeah, wonder what I, the, the budget on Scared Stupid was, because from my memory... That was that a pretty was, good budget. Yeah. I mean, it, it had the, the Kyoto Brothers doing the uh, the effects on that, too. 
going with what Dan was saying. I think the reason is, is tell me if you guys got this read as well, that this felt like somebody had a script for a Christmas movie and then they just put Ernest in it because the plot itself does not revolve around Ernest. You're, you know what? You're right. Because I do remember thinking to myself, there's not a whole lot of Ernest in this movie. I, but I don't know. I honestly don't know if that's how they meant for it to be. Or maybe someone had an outline of a Christmas movie. I'm like, hey, what if Santa needed to retire and find a new Santa? And he had, he went to this town, and it was this guy who was a former child television. You know, that whole subplot in this, or it's probably actually the A plot of the movie. But then someone in the studio banged the table and went, but what if Ernest was in it? You know what I think <laughs> the problem with this movie is? You don't get a whole lot of scenes with Joe. You don't really get to know Joe Carruthers, the guy who's supposed yeah. to take over yeah. Santa, because you spend the mo- you spend most of your time with Santa and Ernest and uh, Harmony. So you have a lot of scenes with just Santa and him mingling with other characters. You have scenes with Ernest and Harmony. And then you got a few scenes sprinkled in with Joe. And Santa is always going on about how Joe is the one. I know he's the one. I went through this whole list of people and he has all the right qualities you don't really see the qualities so much. Like the first scene you see Joe in, he's he's speaking with kids. That's nice. He can handle kids. Great. But then after that, it's just he refuses to swear. And that's that's the guy. He, all the other guys swore. That was the only problem. They all they were all good with kids, but they didn't mind saying hell or bastard or whatever. So it's like, is that really the criteria to be Santa? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you're right, because you would think Ernest Saves Christmas, and maybe he'd be the, like a, a movie revolving around Ernest and Christmas, you'd think he'd be the one taking the mantle if that's the, the story that they're playing. Or like, yeah, maybe Ernest kind of says no to it. Yeah. Right? Douglas Seal's character, Santa, has Ernest pegged to do it, mm-hmm. and then Ernest realizes that it's just, you know, it's not up to him, it's not his thing, and yeah. he gives it to Joe. Instead, we're just following around Santa trying to get, as far as we know, just some guy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's like creepily stalking this guy, Joe. Joe is the nicest man on the planet. Yeah, I don't know Joe from anything. I thought I, it, it felt like I should have, but I didn't know Joe from anything. Joe, Joe feels and looks like he should have been in Hogan's Heroes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he has an Ernest Borgnine look to him. Yeah, I, feel, I think his trivia was like, he has a striking resemblance to Jonathan Winters. <laughs> that's not great <laughs> you must not have been a very uh interesting character yeah the other thing was harmony in this movie gives me very much mitch from days and confused vibes you know in terms of her acting skill i don't remember her <laughs> touching her nose well no she that's a specific thing to that actor no who i the... thought she was she looked like tiffany from i think we're alone now alone now fame so <laughs> tiffany yeah like tiffany okay. of tiffany yeah, tiffany <laughs> Yeah, that's who she kind of reminds me of. I'm like, oh, you know, she's they're capitalizing on I think we're alone now fame. <laughs> nope, nope. The uh, Ernest Saves Christmas was capitalized on later when she got the starring role as Amy Fisher in the Joey Budafuco movie. Or maybe it was the Amy Fisher movie. Yeah. The characters are all fine in this movie. She's super annoying. She's probably the weak, the weak link. Yeah, she has, she has an ambiguous age as well. Yes. I thought this movie was in the 90s because she yeah. looks like a 90s preteen she looks like what grown-up punky brewster is supposed to be <laughs> yeah i agree I, I it's a definite it's a striking resemblance everyone is yeah. everyone looks like someone else <laughs> yeah yeah soleil moon fry turned down this <laughs> <laughs> i think this movie works as a whole it's the sum of its parts it all comes together 
perfectly fine. It's a good Christmas movie. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If you can stomach the earnest parts, it's a nice, simple watch when you're just sitting around with family. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's non, uh, it's non threatening. Yeah. There's nothing dated in it, really. You know, like there's no terms that are dated in it where you have to worry about, oh, can my kids watch in yeah. in this current culture? There's really. Until they try and break Santa out of prison and there is a inappropriate relationship that may be going on between the governor's aide and the governor's niece. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess if you look into it, really. Well, that last really pose closely. they do where he puts his chin on her shoulder in, yeah. in that scene, just it's like, ah. Maybe I didn't really look into it like that, but maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just I'm looking at it through the eyes of a child. <laughs> just like Ernest. Yep. yep. You guys want to get into the plot? Sure. Let's do it. All right, Dan, what you got for us? Okay, so as you know, if you listen to our podcast, I like to give a quick shout out to our friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It is a weekly podcast that airs on Sundays where Tia and her friends get together and they just discuss top ten lists and they're all very informative. There's some really good topics that she does. So be on the lookout for that. You could follow her on Twitter, at TC underscore Stark. She's a contributor to Geek Vibes Nation. She writes all their articles. So if you have any geek affinity, go check out Geek Vibes Nation. Look for her articles. She does a great job there. She does a great job on her podcast. And she just does a great job overall. She's a great person. So go give her a follow. Great. And we are going to take a quick break. But before we go, we're going to take a minute to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get in plot for Ernest saves christmas we open on a number of norman rockwell paintings of santa claus as credits roll and we get a choir singing public domain christmas songs i guess these came cheap some of which even have coca-cola scrubbed out of them <laughs> a lot of them very famous from like the saturday evening post and all that kind of stuff but then we get some stock footage of a plane landing, and we get we find out it's Orlando, Florida, on December 23rd. I just thought of this, and this is how you know this is a, a work of fiction. There's zero chance that the next Santa Claus comes from Florida. <laughs> That's true, right? Right, He's zero Florida chance. Man. Florida man becomes Santa. Right. So a couple of men in suits come off the plane, and they're talking. One of them happens to be Santa Claus. Santa's in Orlando to speak with his replacement for his job. Apparently, Santa is losing his magic. Meanwhile... 
Ernest is driving cab number 69, the sex number. Nice. Singing, <laughs> singing like, Christmas songs as he shuttles someone to the airport. That okay. was all Jim Barney. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this movie unless the cab number 69. <laughs> I think I think Jim Varney invented 69. <laughs> the act or the... <laughs> Why not both? Okay. That's a great rumor to start. <laughs> Jim Varney invented the 69 position. It was during a break for one of his Mellow Yellow ads. What if I turned her around? <laughs> this is what happened. He, like Odell gets shit on Jim Varney and creates a new sex, sex position. <laughs> I, I, so I guess, do we thank Jim Varney now? I, I'm never going to be able to do it without thinking of Jim Varney from this day forward. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. You're right. Uh, welcome, no, yeah. Spreaker. It's just it's just gonna be like, thanks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so now every time every time you get into 69, you have to say, hey, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> and know what I mean? Yeah, mood's killed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just coming up for for air. You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> I told you to stop doing that. <laughs> You're definitely welcome. <laughs> But then the guy tells Ernest to pick up the pace a little bit, and Ernest takes the opportunity to drive recklessly. So much so that the guy flies through the passenger door and out on the side of the highway, <laughs> and Ernest has to pick him up as he is, like, frozen in shock. Meanwhile, Santa Claus heads through immigration along with a bunch of foreign stereotypes. Yep. The immigration officer gives him a side-eye because of the name Santa Claus on his passport. I like how they sort of slide in a little bit of a joke about all the different names Santa Claus has. Mm-hmm. It's just like, is this your real name? Well, that's one they call me. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I think they have a running joke where the inspection officer's name is Skippy. Yeah. Or his, his nickname is Skippy. I think it's like the dumbest joke in the movie. <laughs> it really some, means nothing. <laughs> yeah, someone's friend was named Skippy. Right. One it's, of the writers. Yeah, it's it's a pointless joke. It really adds nothing. Like, oh, we have to make sure that the inspection agent knows that San is real. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <laughs> His job still sucks. He hates life. (laughs) (laughs) So Ernst arrives in the airport with his passenger who is frozen solid in fear. He parks illegally and shoves the passenger through the baggage carousel and then gets chased by some security guards. Santa Claus and the other businessman part ways. The businessman mentions that he would like some snow for Christmas. Then Santa gets to the cab line and Ernest comes running over and offers him a ride as the security guards chase him. Santa and Ernest jump in the cab and drive off. Meanwhile, on the tarmac, Bobby and Chuck are working as baggage handlers. They're unloading huge wooden boxes that are meant to be delivered by Christmas Eve, and they're bitching about it. In the cab, Santa is bothered by the sun, so Ernest has a pair of three glasses in his glove compartment that he gives to Santa, and then Santa reveals himself to be Santa Claus to Ernest. Eventually, a truck carrying Christmas tree pulls in front of Ernest's cab, and a small tree falls off the back in the middle of the highway. So Ernest pulls over and then drives backwards in the middle of traffic and gets out to pick up the tree, even going so far as to break his own window by shoving it in the back with Santa. The whole whole thing with this Santa Claus as you go through is that he knows when people are, are doing things wrong and anything, and here's Ernest stealing a Christmas tree. Nothing is said about it. I don't know if it's necessarily stealing. Right. It, it literally fell that. off the back of the truck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, if anything, I think Santa would be happy, right? Like, oh, he, Ernest is literally putting my life in danger to get a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Santa should be talking about how awful of a driver he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. He leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to transporting people. Then, Bobby and Chuck in the warehouse then argue over the note on the packages of whether it says elms or elves, and then the packages start to move. I don't love the Bobby and Chuck storyline on this. 
Yeah. yeah. They definitely ham it up. They chew the yeah, scenery. They, they only have one good scene is yeah. when the animal control shows up. I just think it was it was like super thin, but they just yeah. kept stre- like like they kept adding yeah. more scenes, and it's like all right, well this scene didn't really accomplish anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Essentially, all they needed was a scene where you know they do the, the the reindeer paw comes out of the box, they do the spray with the fire extinguisher hose, and when they come back, it's the animal control scene, and that's all you need. Mm. And you need the the elves coming by. Yeah. yeah. Just a swing, and that's it. As Ernest pulls over and fastens the Christmas tree to the roof, Santa tells him that he is in Florida to see a man by the name of Joe Carruthers, local kid show personality whose show was recently canceled. Meanwhile, some punk kid with a side ponytail argues with the Mater D. She was trying to skip out on the check, saying it was her brother that skipped out on the bill. Then she distracts the Mater D and runs off. She eventually runs in front of Ernest's cab, then hops in and steps on his foot to floor it. She introduces herself as Harmony Star and says the guy chasing her was her uncle that was forcing her into slave labor at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's totally believable. <laughs> yep. You literally could have just said that guy was chasing me. Right. Totally. That's way more believable. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Thing. Yeah, uh, that's a creepy guy. Never add more details to a lie. Right. Exactly. Ernest drops Santa off at the Children's Museum and Santa accidentally tries to pay with some sort of promotional money for some toy store. And Ernest tells Santa that he doesn't need to pay, so he lets him off. Joe Carruthers is working at the Children's Museum as a puppet show host, showing some really bad puppet show about dinosaurs. Santa introduces himself to Joe afterwards and is about to tell him that he has chosen him to replace him as Santa. But then, right before he's able to, Joe's agent tells him that he's got him an audition for a holiday movie because the original actor broke his nose in a skiing accident. Just then, Santa remembers that he left his sack of presents in Ernest's cab and runs out. Back at the taxi dispatch, Ernest tells his boss that he gave a free ride to a guy that told him he was Santa Claus. Apparently, this isn't the first free ride Ernest has ever given, so he's fired. I love how that is the thing that gets him fired. (laughs) Not the millions of other things he's probably done just from the moment we meet him. Yeah. He he broke the windows in the cab. Yep. That would probably be at least some type of expulsion. A lot of infractions going on that that are fireable offenses. But I guess he gets to keep the cab. Oh, no, I guess he he switches to the truck. Yeah, and I also don't think that the cab, the guy who owned the cab service would have given him the tree and the sack. (laughs) (laughs) They're mine now. (laughs) Harmony is still with him, by the way. And then his boss tosses the Santa sack at him, and they realize that Santa had left it. What do you guys Uh, think of Marty, the agent? Marty, are you talking about the guy that tells John McClane to make fists, fists with his with toes? His yeah. What do you think of him? Uh, he plays his, his role decently. I love him. He's, he <laughs> has that like total Hollywood smile, you know? Like He's all teeth when he smiles. Yeah. And he keeps calling everyone baby. It's, <laughs> he's one of my favorite parts of the movie. The best agent in Florida. And I don't know how many agents there are in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So Joe goes off to his audition, leaving Santa with his agent, Marty, as we mentioned. Santa tells Marty that he is Santa Claus, and Marty essentially thinks he's nuts. So he's like, oh, wait right here, I'll be right back. Ernest and Harmony arrive at Vern's house, delivering the Christmas tree and hoping for his food and to help Vern decorate. Harmony spews some conspiracy theory about the connection between red meat and violence. I was waiting for uh, Daniel to chime in about that section. (laughs) Well, I mean, she's just spitting facts here. (laughs) It's it's not a conspiracy, you know. It's I mean, you guys believe what you want to believe, but <laughs> Harmony was onto something in 1988. <laughs> and then Ernest barges into Vern's house with the tree, 
knocking things over as he brings it, the tree into Vern's living room. Per usual, we see this all from Vern's perspective in one of the most chaotic scenes in Christmas movie history. Marty calls the cops on Santa and has him committed, which I'm not sure if he can do. But I guess he really didn't have him committed. He just had him arrested for vagrancy because yeah. he had no money on him. Again, very weak. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ernest starts pulling on some wiring in Vern's house, really fucking up the electrical in a formerly nice house. Joe's at the audition, rehearsing with a couple of kids. The director and producers are impressed with Joe and his chemistry with the two child actors. But Joe is worried about Santa, but Marty brushes it off. Ernest continues to dismantle Vern's house and then heads to his truck to fetch the bolt cutters. And he takes a moment to sneak a peek in Santa's sack and realizes that he was the real Santa. So they leave Vern's house and Ernest and Harmony, now back in Ernest's truck, argue over the possibility of there being a Santa and the old man they met being the real one. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to figure this stuff out and giving it too much credit for being an Ernest movie. But what is the whole goal of Harmony staying with him at this point? I think she's just a runaway. No, I know she is, but it's like, why did she go to this Marty's house? I, yeah, I guess it's I just guess. a place to be. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my best guess. But yeah, I mean, there's really no reason for her to stick around a middle-aged cabbie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's creepy. That's waiting to happen, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, it probably happens all the time in Florida. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. This scenario has played out thousands of times before. especially in Orlando. yeah that's that's someone's tuesday evening i will say one of the things that i really like about this movie is how they treat santa's sack the the toy sack not santa's <laughs> sack yeah i like how they how they get the toys it's it's essentially there's an orb of light and whatever santa wants it to be it becomes right mm-hmm. you have to you have to be able to control the magic Everything else is just like, yeah, you pull in whatever and it's it's already there. It's magical. Magically, a, a kayak shows up, you know. Right. But I like that it's, you know, it's just a ball of magic. Boom. Now it's a teddy bear. Sure. Then Harmony asks why he's bothering taking rides in airplanes and taxis if he has reindeer. And just then, Chuck and Bobby have now opened the crates and the reindeer are now walking around in the warehouse. Chuck thinks they're aliens and then the reindeer start walking upside down on the ceiling. Ernest and Harmony get to the Children's Museum to see if Santa is still there, but it's closed. So Ernest reaches into the sack and pulls out a glowing ball, which then transforms into a pink flamingo. Then pulls out a few more things, trying to pull out a gift that Harmony would like, but he just pulls out junk. Uh, The police station Santa Claus is being booked, telling the officer he really is Santa Claus. He then gets put into a holding cell with the rest of the inmates. Or, you know, guys in the holding cell. I don't know if they're technically inmates at this point. Yeah, I think they're just waiting arraignment. Yeah. The next morning, it's Christmas Eve at Ernest's house. Ernest wakes Harmony up with incessant talking in the morning as he's making pancakes, then continues to have a discussion about the magic of Christmas. Eventually, Ernest sticks his hands onto the hot griddle. I'm glad you pointed that out. (laughs) (laughs) We needed to know that. Key plot point. All that scene needed with Ernest was just a ridiculous contraption to make all that breakfast food. To make it feel like a very Pee Wee Herman type situation. Yeah. I, I agree. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Back at the warehouse, Chuck and Bobby realize that the animals are reindeer. And that's that scene. <laughs> As we mentioned, that's a threadbare plot line, but they milk it for all it's worth. And Santa has now gotten the entire holding cell of criminals to sing 12 Days of Christmas with him. Ernest and Harmony get to the Children's Museum and find out that Santa was sent to jail on a vagrancy charge. So they head to the police station and Ernest poses as a person in the governor's cabinet and talks with the police chief and Harmony poses as the governor's daughter, who is equally sexualized and infantilized at the same time. Ernest says that he works with the prisoner reform task force and says that Harmony is doing a report for school 
and that the governor sees this as a pet project. Once again, the sexual tension in this scene is palpable. Oh, God. I didn't, I didn't pick up on this. You age this movie 10 more years, and this is much more uncomfortable because they choose a different Catholic school uniform for Harmony. Is it like Cruel Intentions version? Yeah, more like Britney Spears sort of yeah. era. Oh, know? yeah, she definitely dresses up as Britney Spears. But I, don't, I didn't see, the, I didn't see the, creepy, the creepy factor here. It's just the end of it when he does that little thing where she's twirling the hair and then he comes and sort of puts his face like next to hers on her shoulder uh, it just man. that creeped me i don't, I, I don't want to see that i don't want to i don't want <laughs> that to be true i guess it'll ruin I christmas i don't think for me. jim varney was going for that i hope not <laughs> that'd be terrible it's just decades of, of watching porn that has led <laughs> uh, yeah has ruined that scene really yeah <laughs> oh man and maybe don't. it's the fact that i knew she was amy fisher don't you know just don't ruin two things for me, please. <laughs> you don't see Jim Varney in porn? <laughs> no, it's Christmas and porn. I those are my two favorite things in life. I I need those to to be able to survive. A Jim Varney in a Christmas porno. <laughs> Doing sixty nine. That's 69, yeah. There we go. Right. The now the director's like, oh my god, you just you revolutionized the porn industry. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> whatever you say little partner not enough christmas themed porn like i feel uh, you'd be surprised <laughs> like i'm sure there are but like i'm talking like pirates level oh, oh like uh not just like some dude putting on a santa hat like i'm santa now let's fuck there's a lot of that there's <laughs> I'd say you would probably it would take you years to go through all those videos. <laughs> I'm talking like a Christmas Carol parody. Well, okay. Like 3D kind of stuff. Like sets and shit. Right. Like I wanted the Ken I want a set of the Kensian street. And, Hello, Governor. And, yeah. <laughs> and Scrooge fucks each ghost from right. past, present, right. and future. Right. Uh, I mean, I t- I could totally write this right now. So it's Isabella Screw <laughs> is the main go. character, and she goes back. Strap in she, people. And she goes back into her. She gets shown all all like the sex that she's had in her past. And if you were smart, you would cast two actresses, mm-hmm. one as Scrooge now, and then right. one as her younger self, and then you have a sex scene between the younger version and the and the older version. Right. So so what you're saying is you have Lisa Ann as the current Scrooge. Right. And then you get say Abella Danger as sure the, sure yeah. The the young that that's Scrooge. A, that that's an actor. Probably. Yeah. 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 Don't pretend you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't give me that. Yeah. Let's let's see who do we do we want to go into who we cast? <laughs> go ahead dan uh the patreon episode we've got yeah <laughs> yeah that'll be that'll be for the special that, that's like the late night episode yeah. and you call it a triple x miss carol yeah there you go we're doing this by the way afterwards ask carol we're we're, we're doing this by the way we'll we'll tweet it or something but i am definitely casting my tri- triple x christmas carol <laughs> So, where were we? Oh, <laughs> so the police chief gives them a personal tour of the holding cell. Ernest talks with Santa and says that Santa is a danger to the mental health of all the other criminals in the holding cell and says that they need to remove him and bring him to a special cell. So they effectively break Santa out of prison. 
Santa also shows Harmony, a.k.a. Pamela, that he may be the real Santa by reminding her of the time he brought her a doll instead of a, be- a baseball mitt. Santa explains that his magic is fading, which means his time as Santa is coming to an end, and that's why they need to find Joe. So Ernest goes to the talent agency posing as Marty's mom in order to get info on where he and Joe are at the moment. This is Jim Varney's character aunt, Nelda. This is the first time she appears, but would later appear in most Ernest films through Ernest Goes to Africa. Outside, Santa talks with Harmony, telling her that her mother must be worried about her, and Harmony just brushes him off. Joe is in makeup, and he tells Marty that he has some reservations regarding the role. He also doesn't want to shave his beard. So Ernest and Santa drop Harmony off at Ernest's house with Santa's bag as they head to the movie studio. To gain access, Ernest poses as a snake farmer dropping off snakes for a horror film, as Santa hides under a cover in the back, shaking a rattle, as if it's a rattlesnake. Security guard eventually lets them through. Santa makes his way into the set. But not before he eye-fucks a couple of models as he wa- as they walk by. <laughs> uh, he does the old, like, mustache twirl. Yeah. He's, he, he becomes snidely whiplash. <laughs> for all the kids who know who that is. Santa's ready to risk it all. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, like, listen, he's about to retire. <laughs> That's what Santa should be doing now. Like 150 <laughs> years without getting any. Learn a few things from Jim Varney. <laughs> they spoke on the way. Now, that's another thing. So, in, in two movies, so we have the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yep. And Ernest Saves Christmas. In the Santa Claus, Santa dies. In Ernest Saves Christmas, Santa's retiring. Now, one's to assume that there's a Mrs. Claus in both of those, right? Well, Santa Claus in this one, he's he's uh, talking up the, uh, the lady from Home Alone at the end. Right. But you would... Like, the whole thing I thought was Santa always has a Mrs. Claus. So just because Santa's retiring, does that mean Mrs. Claus just disappears? I don't know. Well, I'm assuming that there is no Mrs. Claus in this story. Okay. So, yeah, they're just abandoning. Because I don't think I don't think he has ever any plans to ever return to the North Pole to, like, you know, pack his suitcase or anything like that or. Put a right. for sale sign in front of the. Uh, right, it the, seems like, it seems the like he's never going back. He's yeah. he's in Florida and he's gonna be there indefinitely. And isn't that kind of a stereotype, by the way? The old man retiring to Florida. Yeah. Right. They really took that all the way. <laughs> Pretty much. So Santa watches as Joe acts in, in the movie. It turns out that it's some sort of Christmas horror film called Christmas Slay and not Christmas Slay. Joe is supposed to. Joe is supposed to say bitch in the movie, but it doesn't feel right to him. So Santa Claus butts into the conversation that Joe and the director has and then gets upset about the premise of the movie being about an alien invasion that terrorizes children during Christmas and he assaults the director. After the director goes to get mended, Joe tells Marty that he'll talk to Santa and then he'll send him on his way. Animal Control shows up at the warehouse and then seeing that they are flying reindeer so that this is actually air traffic control's jurisdiction and then they leave. At the studio cafeteria, Santa explains the whole process of being Santa to Joe. Meanwhile, Harmony starts digging through Santa's sack trying to get a good gift, but only pulls out toys. Outside the studio, still posing as a snake man, the real snake people dump a bunch of snakes into the back of Vernon's truck. Joe and Santa continue their conversation. So, and... so would you say Santa is explaining the Santa Claus to him? That's exactly what he's doing. Joe says Santa should just continue being Santa. So Santa tells him that the job of Santa is a torch and must be passed on or it will flicker out. So Ernest and Santa eventually leave the studio, giving Joe a lot to think about. Ernest cleans the snake out of the truck as Santa details the plan. They have to grab the sack and meet Joe at the Children's Museum, and his helpers will be picking up the reindeer at the airport. Joe has to leave at 7 p.m. exactly. Kind of an arbitrary time. (laughs) 
right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he uh, tries to explain it. Well, if you leave at 7, then you can hit all this, and you can do this. We can't hit it at 7.01? Yeah. It's got to be <laughs> 7 o'clock exactly. On the dot. And also, they make they make the joke here where Ernest is like, you meant to get from the airport to the children's museum and rush hour traffic? Yeah. Rush hour traffic becomes a major thing in this. I don't know if there's really such thing as rush hour traffic in Florida. In Orlando, of all places. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've taken taxis there, and it's usually pretty dead. Yeah. They make it back to Ernest's place, and Harmony acts weird. They put the sack in the truck and head off, leaving Harmony behind. She says she's meeting her cousin. But as Ernest and Santa leave, Harmony reveals that she stashed the real sack and gave Santa a fake one, and she heads off to somewhere else. Ernest arrives at Joe's house and drops Santa off, then goes to the airport to help with the reindeer. As Santa gets in, Joe says that he doesn't believe and that he doesn't want the job, so he kicks Santa out and says he's got to go to his job. I love that he says when he shows up, Joe goes, how did you know where I live? He's like, oh, it's part of the job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Harmony goes to the train station and books a trip to Miami. She sits down next to a family with a real jerk of a son, and Harmony starts having second thoughts. Santa sits down on a bench waiting for the bus to go downtown and talks with an old man. He says that he misjudged someone, and he guesses he can be wrong about anybody. Ernest arrives at the warehouse just as Santa's helpers arrive at immigration. Chuck and Bobby give Ernest a hard time because he literally has no evidence that he's the person there to pick up the reindeer. But then the elves show up and pack up the reindeer, and they're off. And then Ernest immediately blows his tires on a spike strip by trying to take a shortcut. And then, meanwhile, Santa makes it to the Children's Museum, waiting for everyone else. The woman closes up the museum for the night and sees Santa. At the train station, Harmony hears a little girl talk about Santa, and her brother gives her shit for believing in Santa. And then Ernest gets an idea of how to get the reindeer to the museum. And Joe gets offered the part of the movie, but then gets dressed the fuck down in the meeting when asks them to tone down the violence and language. Terrible outfit. (laughs) Yeah. He looks like like an umpire from the, the 1980s. Did you ever see where they wore the red leisure, sh- the red like leisure jackets? Yeah. Uh, it's a terrible look. I don't know what get, they were thinking. He gets torn a new asshole in that meeting. As well he should. He they, So there there are points that the producers make that are valid. Very much so. <laughs> you don't come in and start making demands, dude. It's like you're a 51-year-old man whose career is not taking off. And this is like, this is a career making part right here. They even say that movies like this, they get sequels. So there's going to be a Christmas sleigh, two, three, four, five. He's going to get so rich that he'll want people taking shit on his chest. (laughs) He's going to get bored with regular sex. (laughs) I wonder what it's like for this to happen. (laughs) Can you imagine going from being a children's TV show host to just getting pooped on? (laughs) Man, that is a huge fall from grace. Yeah. That like, is, <laughs> man, that, that is like Herculean levels. That's like Bob Crane shit. Yep. <laughs> Another great reference for the kids out there. <laughs> That's an interesting take. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the producer is, the way he says it is wrong, but what he says is correct. You know, yeah. you don't come in here saying you're going to make changes to the script. You're nobody. Yeah. He probably could have just said, yeah, you know, we'll take it under advisement, but, you know, we're probably just going to stick with what we have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just just act. <laughs> so Ernest has set up the sleigh and the reindeer, but has trouble getting the reindeer to go. Meanwhile, air traffic control calls the police on them, and the elves then help Ernest by starting to say the reindeer's names, and the sleigh flies. It flies off and flies off erratically over major flight patterns above the airport. 
Santa talks with the woman from the museum about Harmony, a.k.a. Pamela. Now he hopes she makes the right decision. Then at the film meeting, Joe sees Ernest flying in the sky and realizes that Santa is real and then runs out of the meeting. Ernest starts to get the hang of the sleigh, but is now alerted the Air Force, who have now sent fighter jets to intercept with clearance to fire on them if they get over Cape Canaveral. As she's about to get on the train, Harmony tells off the little boy that keeps making fun of his sister. There's a lot of a lot of strings going on yeah. at the same time. <laughs> a lot of plot points. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, though. The sleigh in this movie is by far the worst sleigh in any Christmas movie. <laughs> it's pretty yes. shitty. It's, it's like it's like a Home Depot, like <laughs> plastic. They have an LED light for the reins, <laughs> right? Like the, the cheap plastic tubing with the LED lights in it. Yeah. So bad. You remember in the 90s when it was like a popular thing to have like those wooden white deer yes. on the front lawn? And then there was a, it's like some people had the sleigh too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's basically that's what, what the sleigh is. Yeah, like that. Yeah. thin thin wooden sleigh. Oh, it's so cheap looking. Yeah. And I'm Joe and I see movie. that. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be Santa in that. Yeah. And then Harmony realizes that she has to do the right right thing. So she runs all the way back to the community center, the museum. She arrives on foot with the sack, and she then apologizes and cries and tells Santa that she called her mom and is going to go home. Then Ernest continues to fly the sleigh and pushes a warp speed lever, which is there for some reason. Joe arrives, asking if the job is still open. He shakes hands with Santa, and Santa's magic goes into Joe, decking him out in a Santa suit and a full beard. Did you notice when the, the weirdest part of this movie, when Joe pulls up to the the library or the, the children's center, there's three kids playing football. <laughs> I didn't notice. But it's Christmas funny. Eve <laughs> at six o'clock at night, and these kid, three random kids, are just playing football. <laughs> it's so out of place. It makes no sense. Those kids are up to something. <laughs> they're they're gonna vandalize. Freaking... <laughs> they're gonna vandalize the center. Correct me if I'm wrong, or if you even took notes or remembered this. Do they say that that Harmony is from Indiana? Yeah, I think. That and is correct. she ran away to Orlando. That's a far trip. Hey man, it's magical, most magical place on earth. She was gonna con her way into Disney World for sure. Yep, definitely. She's gonna become a cast member. That's right. <laughs> Everyone waits for Ernest as he circles the globe a bunch of times, and Joe is curious about the miracles he's supposed to be able to perform as Santa. So Santa tells him that a that a man asked for snow on Christmas, so Joe tries to make it happen, and it does in Orlando. We then get a scene with the businessman from the plane that stops being a Scrooge as soon as he sees that it's snowing. He's being a total dick. <laughs> I don't care how long it takes. We're getting this deal done. There's just generic business talk. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's always a deal, and it always needs to be done now. Yep. Even Elf is not immune to that. No. Yeah, they, they need to push a new book. First quarter. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're working tw- late. 1226, would, it would probably still get out the first quarter. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can figure it out, man. No one is that heartless. <laughs> Not anymore, at least. Everyone's like, okay, we get it. I mean, honestly, how hard is it to push out a 30-page children's book? Apparently, it's like moving <laughs> mountains. You got to bring in a, a ringer. Miles Finch. Be <laughs> Miles Finch. Imagine being a ringer for children's books. And apparently, he gets like laid constantly for it. That yeah. can't be true. <laughs> right? Children's authors don't get like just tons of strange. I, I can't imagine. I mean, Dr. Seuss probably... No way. You don't think? No way. I think like he's the only one, I feel like. 
No, he he was too busy, you know, admiring the Nazis. <laughs> what about Judy Bloom? You think she could catch a dick? Judy Bloom. <laughs> I don't think so. No way. I don't think so. What, what like what do you use as your your ice your, your icebreaker? I wrote the cat in the hat. <laughs> I don't think Judy Bloom wrote the cat. In the no, I'm hat. saying like as if you're if you're Dr. Seuss, I wrote the cat in the hat. Want to come back to my place? I mean, I don't... <laughs> come home and hop on pop. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. You smooth son of a bitch. I don't know if that worked. Roll doll? Probably not. He didn't write children. I mean, they were children's books, but children's not books. in the sense of... You can ask if they want to see his giant pee. <laughs> that's, that's dangerous. <laughs> that's so scary and disturbing. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to take that as a as a female. What about Shel Silverstein? You think? <laughs> right? I don't oh. think so, right? He's writing all this poetry, and I don't think so, man. I feel like there was a dark side to Shel Silverstein. Oh, 100%. There's a, a dark side to Shel Silverstein. He was a complicated man, I think. Kind of looks like I, Oscar Isaac with a bald head. A little bit, yeah. It's been <laughs> a while since I've seen a picture of him. Is he going to play Shel Silverstein now in the biopic? Probably. Yeah, where the sidewalk ends. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think children's authors were, were drowning in it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good uh, pickup line for Shel Silverstein, but... Um... I can't. Did he do the giving tree? He did. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll just give, give it tree. to you. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you come over to my giving tree? <laughs> see what it has to give you. Let me see if I could fill your missing piece. <laughs> With the clap. <laughs> All right, where were Mark's we? Not, Mark's not enjoying this. You're ruining my childhood. No, I, I'm just Google searching Judy Bloom Young. <laughs> <laughs> and just see if I could answer Ant's question. Where, where are you coming out on that? Yeah, she's yes. got a little Ali Sheedy look to her <laughs> when she was younger. So, so the answer is maybe. Maybe. It's a strong maybe. <laughs> Ernest and the elves manage to stop the sleigh, and then it starts to fall from the sky like a lead balloon, but eventually it stops right above the ground, and Ernest says, air breaks. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> then Ernest hands the sleigh off to Joe and then pouts. Harmony says goodbye to Ernest and gives him a kiss on the cheek. Ernest sees Joe off and then continues to pout. And then Joe offers Ernest a chance to drive to sleigh with him. And then they bring Harmony along as well. And then they're off. And then the woman and Santa have a conversation about setting up a date. And that's the end of Ernest Saves Christmas. It's fun. It's harmless. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. It's harmless. Yeah, It's not a particularly great movie. Good movie. But it's fun. Yeah. It, I, again, it's a solid Christmas movie. It's uh, They get the Santa Claus right. Like the, the the scene where he's describing to Joe how everything works and like you just see how much he loved being Santa Claus and if he could continue to be Santa he would it, like he really really enjoyed it and I I think that's you don't get that in a lot of I think in Miracle Miracle on 34th Street that's definitely one of them where that Santa you know he enjoys being Santa and seeing the little kids. And the, and the other ones, you don't really get that. Like Ed Asner, you never really get the whole Christmas. Like he loves. Like he even says, I'm getting too old for this. So, yeah, and, and again, Tim Allen, just he enjoys it, but it's more just like on the comedy side. This Santa really embodies what it means to be Santa, in my humble opinion. Sure. Uh, would you guys do anything to make this better? I like what you were saying. You, uh, you kind of cut down on the... The, uh, the reindeer bit with, what are the characters' names? I forget. Chuck and Bobby. Chuck and Bob. You cu- cut down on them. I think, Mark, you were saying you really don't need too many scenes with them. I would probably put it in a different location than Florida. 
Because <laughs> again, I I wholeheartedly believe no citizen of Florida would ever deserve to be Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know where you would do that though. I, where where's a good spot? I um, I guess if if you want to really stick with the whole snow in the hotter climate, maybe somewhere in Southern California. I don't know. I think with an earnest movie, it's really a kids movie. At, at the heart of it you do get some mature jokes here and there like the 69 i like this movie too much to really change it yeah i think that's it for me yeah the, the only thing i would change it because i agree with almost everything dan said i think if you just do the simple thing as get better casting for harmony it improves this movie because if you get someone that can play it's not as annoying and maybe plays a little bit more of the subtleties of of runaway in, in this movie and maybe isn't as creepy in, in, in the schoolgirl part. Just improving that one actress sort of bumps this, moves this movie to another level. And that's that's probably the only thing I would add to what, what Dan already said we, we should probably change. Okay. The only thing I would really do is take out some things, steer away from maybe the Harmony stuff and definitely the Bobby and Chuck stuff and give more time to make Joe a more interesting and a character that we care about, as we mentioned earlier. But that's about it. It's a fine movie, like I said. You guys want to plug your shit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at Diaquino122. That's my personal Twitter account. I also run the Real Play D&D Stranger Damies Twitter account. That's at Stranger Damies. It's also on Instagram at Stranger Damies. Again, closing in on 1500, we're going to be looking to do a giveaway. So we'll probably get to that in 2021. So, yeah. Come follow, and last time we gave away, I believe, a shirt, some dice, and a sticker. We, you know, we'll, we'll try to partner up with some cool people in the D&D community, and we'll get you some good stuff. And then um, our podcast, uh, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday. The final episode of Campaign 1 aired just yesterday, so be sure to check that out. And then we have our video game podcast, the Game Vault Podcast. It airs every other Monday. And you can find that on Instagram and Twitter at Game Vault Pod. And we stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod. Every Wednesday, Thursday, alternating Friday and Saturdays, Sunday. And then I think we're going to be doing every Monday instead of every other Monday now. So be sure to check that out. And then we are getting down to our final two weeks here of Extra Life. Actually, it's the final week. It's seven days from, from when this airs. You can donate by going to tonyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. All proceeds benefit the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We're currently at $770. And we're looking to get to 1000 Be sure to help us get there. I get a tattoo if we hit that. Be on the lookout for that. And once again, donation link, tonyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. Okay, great. That's going to wrap it up. We are They Call This Movie, and you can find us on Spreaker just by searching They Call This Movie. We are available wherever you get your podcasts just by searching They Call This Movie. We are the themaindamey.com. That's our main website. And on all socials, you can just find us by looking, searching for The Main Damey. And that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You just look for The, the Main Damey, and we should pop right up. We're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and podcast apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. Gutting the Sacred Cow, Top Ten with Tia, Cena Nerd, a Nick's show if you like basketball. A bunch of other great shows that I haven't mentioned. But if you're into geek stuff, there's probably something there for you. And that's going to wrap this up. I just want to say to the people that celebrate 
Christmas because this is Christmas Eve. Have a Merry Christmas and to everybody. Safe holidays, whatever you celebrate, New Year's and every other holiday. I don't want to run through them all because I might miss one and then I'd feel bad about that. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully your feats of strength are over from your Festivus celebration. Yes. Yes. The director of Ernest Saves Christmas is John R. Cherry III. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling John R. Cherry III, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?